Hi, everybody, and welcome to AV World UK, episode seven. This week, we are joined by the fantastic Jason Ward. Jason, how are you doing? Very well, guys. Great to be here. Good fantastic. And as always, uh, Mr. Sumner and Mr. Sharp are here with me. You all right, guys? Hello. Yeah, all Hello. good. Good, good. So those of you that have been listening to podcasts and have been in and around the AV world for some time will know Mr. Jason Wood from the AV Jam podcast that we're running for an awful long time. And what he hasn't done isn't worth doing. Uh, so he's an absolute expert. Um, we've got him on today for a pretty interesting conversation. With HP buying Polycom recently... We want to understand, is VC now dead? So, Jason, I'm going to throw you right in at the deep end. I'm going to hand straight over to you. What are your thoughts on this? I think, <laughs> great question. And that's why we're here, right? Yeah. Um, VC as an activity is far from dead. You know, video calling um, is is the future of, of, of communications. VC, for me, as a marketplace, is dying, um, is dead. Uh, with uh, HP's acquisition of Poly, what what's left in the market? I, I joined the VC market in, in in the mid to late 90s and Sony had launched their Trinicom 5000. And I had him on board Multipoint, which shared the uh, three ISDN lines to give that Multipoint capability. It didn't really work. But <laughs> the competitors were Pictutel, Vtel, Iatra, Motion Media. There was, you know, it was a small niche, but healthy, exciting and vibrant market. Um, and, and it was great to be in at that time. Kind of everybody knew everybody. It was a little bit like AV. Uh, towards the end of the 90s, um, it really sort of started to take shape when Polycom yep. launched their view station. Mm-hmm. I don't know if everyone remembers that. But um, if my, from my memory says, right, Polycom was formed by two old PictureTel guys. Yep. And they were under um, some kind of non-compete. So they had to launch the sound station. Yeah, it was the, the little the star site yeah. type phone they, thing, wasn't it? They had, yeah. to, they had the sound station, and that's all they had for six, eight years or something. And then out of nowhere, I think about 98, 99, I was at um, a telecon exhibition in uh, California, and the view station came out, and that really gave the market a kickstart. Um, yeah. you know, everybody saw that and, and went into some kind of panic mode. And, uh, but it was brilliant. It was great for the market. It, it's one of the best uh, launches uh, and, and products that sustain that market for, for sort of many years. Um, there's a few ages that come after that, but I'll, I'll, I'll shut up for a minute now, Carl. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's, it's I, think, I think the reason that we're here, and it's such a, an interesting conversation to, to be having now, is because we've had a an evolution in such a short space of time over the last few years and the need to use technology in a way that wasn't really brought up when 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 Microsoft launched Teams in 2017 just as a as a replacement really for Skype for business and with some other functionality it wasn't really designed with with VC as a, as its at its heart it was very much a, a business use sort of platform operating system for office 365 it was never designed to be exactly what it's kind of evolved into now so with more and more consolidation in the channel with more and more technology being brought together and companies like hp coming in and buying poly who you know were at the forefront back in the early 90s and, and as you say bringing out the the show station and the, the those products where's that leaving us now where's the where's the evolution of this going to now 
Well, Microsoft and, launched the predecessor of Teams OCS. I don't know if anyone remembers that, which wasn't very good. <laughs> um, in 2010, now that is the same time when Cisco acquired Tumblr. Mm. And to me personally, the VC market that I knew and loved and, and cherished and loved to be part of, that's the start of the end. Yeah. Uh, in, in 2010, when Cisco acquired Tumblr, and your, your show doesn't take swearing, but they made a mess of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good self-editing there. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, in my opinion, look, we're only talking about Wardy's opinions here, not yeah, no, not, not facts. Um, well, in, in my opinion, they, they they made a mess of what was both a market leader financially, but also a market leader uh, technically. Yeah. Um, they 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 were very focused on their channel and, and very innovative. And, and you know their ethos was work hard, play hard. You just felt like you wanted to almost work for them. So being a partner was also um, a, pr- a privilege too. Yeah. I mean, and, and from our side, I, I'm, you know, uh, I've been hosting these podcasts for a, a few weeks, but I'm really lucky as part of our team. Mark Sumner is our UCNC specialist <laughs> and, and somebody that's lived and breathed it. So I don't want to talk too much. And I want to hand out, Mark, what are your thoughts as well? Are you, are you of the same mindset? Is VC dead? I don't think it's dead. I think it's evolved to a point where it's now becoming a commodity and it's to a point where everybody wants to video at every point in their life and jason's absolutely right you go back to polycom's first ever video one that was for corporates it was for big installs then you kind of look at us now and go people are facetiming people are whatsapp videoing people are instagramming videos everybody's used to being seen and heard and i think it that's where we see hp buying poly going right we want to be in that kind of commodity market now and in that market of managing that that's where they really see it and i think it, that's kind of where headsets and uc has started to go with these bigger companies obviously poly was born out of plantronics and polycom who were two separate ends of the spectrum and then wanted to create this all-in-one encompassing uc solution portfolio and HP adding that creates an end-to-end solution with everything now for homes, for office, for business. And I think that's why HP have looked at it. And it wouldn't surprise me if other businesses hadn't pre-pitched it. You know, like you said, you look at Cisco buying Tamburg, you know, that was their first big step. If you look at the way Cisco um, got Tamburg and, and, and sort of consumed it into what they feel their clients needed, HP are going to do something similar with Poly, right? And I still see a niche um, space and market for there's 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 some government type, uh, military type, uh, healthcare type applications which still want uh, SIP dialing, H three two three dialing, and and have what we'd call a traditional VC estate. Poly yeah. Poly are not going to serve that under HP. So one name we haven't mentioned yet. I see this opening a door for someone like Life Science. Really? Yeah. Um, who else is going to pick up that? You know, there's still actually some kind of, it might not last that long, but there's still some kind of space for a, a traditional, You, um, Mark just mentioned it with the integrators coder. There's yeah. still space for that. And trust me, team rooms don't integrate very well. Well, and this is this is my my thought around this is, as we see more and more requests for things coming through in the team space, is HP buying Poly play just to bypass the team certification process, just to make sure that they, as we see more and more like sort of 
Logitech or, or Lenovo becoming team certified and HP not having a product within that mix? Is this just them flexing their wallet to become team certified and make it and, and cause a, a stir and, and, and make a relevance in a space that's clearly going to develop in the tech channel moving forward? Yeah, I think it is because, you know, coming back to the Cisco uh, Tumblr King, they bought them to get video into their PBXs and, uh, and telephone switches. Um, you know, they, that, because previously Tamberg had acquired Kodia, which was probably one of the best vi- video developments in, in the history of the market. So th- they, they were buying that intellectual property. What they did with it later was, you know, was a bit messy. Yeah. Um, but I think they're going to, I joked around with Chris Neto on um, Instagram, I think in one of the social platforms, he was at Poly and I, I joked with him about, he's now at the IT consumable company. And that, <laughs> That's where you see this going. I do anyway. Uh, call, call me, you know, call me out on this, but I, I, I see it going that way. I think you're one hundred percent spot on. It is becoming. And I think it's been the drive as well from all these companies wanting to sell a service, whereas previously it was the resellers selling the service and, and the integrators installing and creating the systems and managing them. I think more, if you look at these larger companies, now they're going, we want a slice of that pie. We're only selling hardware now and someone else is making all this. They want a slice of that service. And if, they, if HB bring this together, it could be amazing for the market. It could be absolutely spot on. Everybody will work it, but... As Jason said, as we've seen before, integrations never go perfectly and there is always issues that can come up and it's how they manage those issues, how they manage the development of what essentially was Polycom, but that now is Poly and now will be under HP. How will they step forward in that? Are they going to keep the same R&D centres? Are they going to keep going down the same roadmap maps? Or are they going to, is HP going to come in and kind of, stop that development or are they going to explore development in this area and really go after the new that's that's the hard balance because we've seen it happen before where the promises have been made of yep we're going to continue we're going to go this we're going to do this in the next two three five years and then five years down the line you're still stuck where they are Uh, and you look at some manufacturers who were in that once you've fallen behind you are behind you know, yeah. you're then playing catch up in a market that is evolving so fast. I, I loved your point about the old standards, the, you know, the codex. Still today, seeing people who go, I want codex because I want to be able to call who I want, when I want, on an IP address. It's a standard, the IEEE standard that's been around forever. That's what I want. I don't want to be limited to this. I have to have a something room or a something platform. I want to be able to do what I want. There's going to be... I think people who will step back in the next three, four years that go, actually, is that not better? You know, we've got better cameras now, we've got better audio, but maybe that IP system is the better way to kind of look at it. With ISDM being turned off and obviously the rest of the UK looking to go IP, you know, systems are going to go more IP from the analog base. And it's how all that integrates. Will HP with Poly be number one in that space like they kind of are in most of the spaces now? Or will they fall behind really good point about the R&D there, Mark, because um, my personal opinion, again, um, <laughs> Polycom, before the uh, merger or acquisition with Plantronics, had lost their way a little bit with their development. They, they were developing duds, um, and Plantronics, and however they redefine their, their development teams, really got back on point. The, the current product portfolio is, 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 is it's brilliant. You know, they, they've done a great job. I hope HP don't mess that up too much, and I hope they do. That R and D does stay true to something 
they have only had a short run at this, and I'd like to see what they can do with a longer a longer period of time. Do you think that that is that they've looked at it from a future technology? We've talked about a number a number of times on different podcasts about the future of AB and and the, the where it's all going. And do you think that when looking at an acquisition like this, they're looking at the future technology, what the next and uh, two or three iterations of this technology are going to be because it's evolved so quickly? Or do you think it's a play for now? It's a we're buying into a space that we know for the next probably three, four, five years is going to be uh, heavily invested into by a number of businesses is going to be a requirement for a lot of people. We're going to make an awful lot of money along the way of doing that. But what actually the future holds is not is, is fairly irrelevant because it's going to make us enough money from uh, the investment that we're making. I think what you said at the beginning, Carl, um, the the activity of video calling is, is, is far from good. No, oh, of course. Think, think about that activity. Think about what we're doing now. Um, nobody's in a room. <laughs> um, and I think the, the evolution of, of, of visual communication is less people in rooms. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's completely going that, you know, the work from home, the dreaded hybrid, if that will shoot me now for this, <laughs> but the, 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 the dreaded hybrid uh, terminology, but rooms, uh, Mark had it spot on, they're going to become commoditized IT type devices. I've already all got USBs on. No, I liked it when they had XLR connectors on them. It was more interesting <laughs> to me. But sticking USBs on them makes them completely uninteresting to me. Um, so, um, look, the future, the way we're going to consume video is going to be from a personal place. Uh, how many times do you have a call, a multi-point connected call now, where one, one guy or girl's in the car? And because yep. you can. Um, yep. And, you know, it's not the coffee shop thing, you know. Five, ten years ago, marketing people said, oh, you can dial in from a coffee shop. It's a bit noisy there. They actually go out to their car and, and have their call yeah, yeah. In, in the car now. And it works, and it works well. I've, I've done it several times. You know, these platforms have evolved. You know, there's no accident that, you know, OCS, which is what we now know as Teams and Zoom, were formed about the same times. And that, you know, that, that 2010, 2011 time was, was taking us to where we're going to be, answering your question, where we're yeah. going to be in the next 10 years, which is, I think, at our best, not in rooms. Um, well, we've spoken about this on previous, uh, previous discussions around one of the biggest impacts on this is bandwidth and the ability to have a successful video call is that one of our uh, the biggest frustrations now that immediately is an it infrastructure and is yeah. a networking infrastructure which is where hp play and where a big it plays so to me if they're looking at the evolution of the technology to increase the user experience for that video communication by improving the infrastructure from a corporate level and making sure that it's it's better for us all then that's got to be a benefit to this as, as you look at that out of home or in room experience yeah, it's a great point because if you have a call that eight people could have gone into a meeting room and had but those eight people are way i say this personally in our place eight people are way more comfortable using their their personal devices they'll all go to the same off open office floor and join and won't walk in a room mm -hmm. yeah and so that's having an impact on your bandwidth you know you've got to have some pretty good switches and, and routing out because you have, you're having eight calls in one building, not one, because mm -hmm. people's that, that user experience using what I use on my desk is way easier than you know going in rooms and systems that are designed by somebody clever but not very intuitive, not very smart in terms of the user experience. So you walk, you know, 
the average user walks in and they see a room system and, and if it don't go right the first time that they, they have a fear of it they have a phobia and i don't want to go in there again i think that builds into everything that's kind of happened in this collaborative space now if you look at the evolution of of homes and the evolution of networking and service solutions because previously you would go into an office for wireless you would go into an office to get a better connection a better quality yeah everything now is available at a lot lower cost to be used at home you know i've got a, a full mesh system here on uh, on wireless for the for the home i'm in now go back five six years i would have had the router at the front and gone oh i can't pick up this in the dining room i'm gonna to have to uh, go over there and and hardwire in from two meter cabling and that that's how you'd have to do it so as as it has commoditized and become more readily available for the workforce and people across the world i think that's where the rest of the technologies had to kind of bring itself in line to make sure it's not left behind so when you when you met that great point there jason having usb kind of systems people plug them in it's for ease of use because previously they were having these problems of oh i have to press this button turn this on do this people have gone i just want something just to plug in and go there we go i don't have to worry about it and i think that's give the rise to simple solutions simple meeting rooms simple options and then people going why can't i just do this at home then why can't i just do this from here i take i take this everywhere we go we've held a podcast from hotels you know i've held them uh, calls from the car uh, i've sat in a like i said a costa coffee and uh costa free drinks if because i name dropped you um you know. <laughs> <laughs> i don't i may i don't, I don't I think guess. you're getting that uh, yeah <laughs> um yeah so, um, and ambitious you look at that, absolutely <laughs> gotta try gotta try gotta push it um and you look at that and i do it on the school run now so i'll be on the school run two or three times a week and i have collaboration calls that i could never do before but because that technology is more readily available and easy accessible that's where it's made it so much easier uh we were saying last week you know my my nine-year-old girl now can set up a video system on her own and that was just for covid and sitting and going through it but she was really lucky that I'm in the in the industry I am because other people were just on the mobile phone and going, oh, they, I can't, my connection is really bad. And I had a full setup and going, there is benefits. And I think that's where there isn't any, you know, new up and coming from the millennials, the next generation of people that want to deep dive into this and really set it up and create a, a huge running system. And I think that's where things have had to kind of align back down and go, right, we need to make it simple and how we're going to do that going to have to make them smaller, going to have to make them easier to use, more portable. Where do we go from here? And that's where HP come in. You know, Dell obviously will start in this market pretty soon. I'm sure they will. They'll get some really high-end stuff in and go go after it. And it's whether that does help that yeah. market or it actually goes, that market is now dead. You know, I, how, I how do we go from there? Is that, so, you know, we're talking about the quality of, of a point-to-point or multi-point codec mm-hmm. and the fact that uh, we... There's many, many funny stories where we talk about, you know, the the AV tech that had to go into the office before, and there was only one room with a codec in it that needed 15, 15 minutes and a magic wand to make work. And uh, <laughs> and and it, they would go in there and take it all out and then plug it all in and then come back in again and, and shut it all down. We've obviously moved into more simplicity and lower cost. You know, it, the, the cost price has come down considerably and cost of calling or interacting with each other and i guess jason you're making the point about the there being a need potentially still or, or a space for the, those uh hard codecs but surely that will get smaller and smaller because of the ease factor because there's not going to have as many people and, and or av text to 
to switch it in, turn it on, you know, get their magic wand out. Oh, those marketing people that are currently throwing around the word hybrid. Um, the you know five or so years ago we're throwing around this 15 minutes that you just referred to Carl that it takes yeah. to set a video conference yep. up and, and trying to differentiate themselves that ours doesn't take 15 minutes it takes one minute but coming <laughs> back to what Mark said the user experience is going to drive everything and the users being all of us we're really comfortable with what we've got at home. I've got a Poly P15. Um, I've got my desktop. Um, it works whether I've got a Zoom invite, a Teams invite, or or some other spurious um, connectivity, you know, Blue Jeans or you know whatever some Google Meet or whatever somebody else is using. It just works. If I've got to go into the office and join a Google Meet meeting, I don't know where to start. And then you go in and fetch an IT saying, "Hey, look in this Google Meet meeting with this." Team. <laughs> um, and, and you know, it's like, but hang on, I can do it at home. The point is here, you know, compared to ten years ago, what the stuff we've got at home is better. Yeah, I, I think it, you know, I, I think I made a point to you the other day. Is is we always say is can cheap and easy be good? Yeah. And and I think it does prove the point that cheap and easy can be good in a lot of ways. But don't uh, go too cheap, right? Because no, no. you know, you you guys have got you, you can see and hear it here. Good quality headsets, good quality microphones, and good quality cameras. As I just said, I've got the P15, but because you're recording today, I've gone the um, you know, the headset to get the the, uh, the microphone closer to me, mate. Um, and again, is is it's also funny. Um, but uh, free one, Mark. Do I get a free one now? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. You mentioned it. I reckon if we say if we say the words enough, we might get we might get free stuff. But uh, no, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think we we've we talked about it. Uh, I think in a previous thing was around the adoption initially for just the technology that worked, and now what we're seeing is that push further forward to enhance the experience by investing slightly more than was invested in the first place so rather than spending the the a low amount and just making sure you've got the tech that works it's mm. now another level of let's make sure we've got a tech that works for really good enough quality to make sure that the we can be seen and heard correctly um so there is that step up almost from volume to now and, and value to better quality and, and introducing now into more spaces the ability to make these calls or or to interact with each other yeah because covid and the lockdowns associated to that um sort of hurried up by about two years the attitude <laughs> of people at home to having a proper camera a proper microphone and a proper headset or whatever their personal choice was because too many people were at home with the inbuilt microphone cameras but everyone now does appreciate the need for it doesn't have to be expensive as you said carl but you know a, an 80 quid headset can, can go a long way to to improving the experience of the person you're calling with compared to I don't know, struggling through with something. But every time she watch Sky Sports News and see people with AirPods and just, it drives you mad. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not the experience you should be looking for, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, and that's what we want to kill, right? Before yeah. we finished, David Jam, we did a whole one about that. It drives me mad. Yeah. It, you'd prefer to see them with the best, especially in the format that they're in and, and the expectation of quality that they've got. Yeah. You'd expect a better quality than than that. Um, yeah. yeah. Or, or people on the news doing an interview, like, "Oh, um, uh, yeah, can you hear me, Mr. President? I've got my yeah. <laughs> I've got my earbuds in." Like, yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah. Not so much stock issues. We've been in this mess, mess for a couple of years now. Send the people you're getting in on your TV show the right gear. Yeah. Okay. But do you think, like, you know, we we talk about 
the evolution happening quickly uh, and, and speeding things up. But I'm not having lots and lots of conversations. I'm not so sure that it was even as short as two years that we've sped up. I think that we've sped up considerably longer than that. The mindset to change the entire way of working was not something that would have en masse in one fell swoop ever have changed in, in two years or in any in any other way. I can't see that uh, it's only been a two-year reduction in time. I think it's been considerably longer and we've evolved considerably faster, which is where we talk about the catch-up and what we're looking at for the next generation of technology. Have these companies got one eye on that? Because we have just jumped leaps forward, have they got the one eye on on how this is going to be improved even further, how they can reduce latency or reduce bandwidth requirements and compress their video files even better to get you an even better quality on the out, uh, out the other end and audio and everything else. Have they got the one eye on it or are they gone? Well, we've sped it all up now. We've got to the, reach the end of our R&D. We've got to sit on this for the next few years and this is where it stays. Not at all. I think uh, Mark mentioned the R&D thing earlier and, and, and the smart ones, we all know who they are, uh, mm. shifted their R&D right at the beginning of COVID and, and, and stopped developing products of flavours A, B and C and further and very quickly developed pro- products with the flavour of X, Y and Z. Uh, and, and we're seeing the benefits of that now. Anyone that just carried on with their roadmap as was was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> we have seen that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've seen that too. Yeah. They stuck with it, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the the smart people, you know, now do have portfolio. That when you're at home, it's like, yeah, it might be three hundred quid, but it's. It, it, I spend most of my working week here. So I'll have one. Yeah. And do you think, Jason? I think um, I think you're probably in the same opinion as me. Because of the pandemic, because of lockdowns, and because everybody wanted this product so much, the market is now oversubscribed with vendors coming in from each different direction with the same products, different badge, one different feature. And so it is, in some cases, just a price war. Um, and I think that's where, again, the, the commodity side of this now looks at it yeah. and goes, you go back just six months before COVID, uh, there was a stat that only 4% of the entire meet, entire meeting spaces in the world ever had video, and they were all codex mostly. You now look at it and they go, by 2025, they expect 80 to 90% of those to have video and audio collaboration built in. Uh, you know that's a, That's a huge difference, but actually that's purely down to COVID. That is purely down to that. It, that's what's kicked it forward. Now, like you say, Cal, would that would we looking at 18, 90% in 2025 if COVID didn't happen? Probably not. Probably looking at 10 and 15. Um, and doing that, you go, that that's a huge amount. That's a huge jump. And so we might be 10 years ahead of where we are, not in products, but in actual adoption. I think that's the key bit now is the adoption of this technology has absolutely jumped forward. Um, the products now will need to, research and development has to catch up with that and be 10 years ahead of where it was. Uh, and I think that's now the, the the bit that everyone has to look at. So I guess the one person that we haven't heard from uh, throughout this whole podcast, Andy, and and uh, I'm like you, I've not been involved in uh, UC to the technical level that uh, these two chaps have, but I'm going to use you in this episode as our AV, as our UC and VC user. 
and somebody that's been utilizing and seen the evolution of, of this as part of it. So we've seen drastic improvements, but what improvements has it made to your daily life and the way that you've gone about business? I think I prefer the term jester or idiot. If <laughs> so, um, you know, it's funny. And speaking on behalf of all people, um, it's, it, the, the way that um, VC sort of infiltrated our life in the last sort of 10 years, maybe, um, has been significant, right? And I, I know it's a little bit basic, but the, the concept of your grandma being able to Skype you, and I suppose Skype was the sort of the first thing, and it's became the, the verb that we all use to describe the action. But just, the, and, and I think, you know, when we had lockdown, it was we all spent stupid amounts of time having these silly little parties. And well, what it does is it creates a sort of societal norm. It's it's a way of bringing something into our daily lives and it becomes normal. I guess the way that the Skype has become the word to use for making a video call, really, because we're too lazy to say anything more complicated than one word. But um, it, it's been really sort of interesting or, or, or fascinating for, for the normal people because it feels very high tech. You know, it feels like in the 1980s when you'd be video calling people from your car that it would be living in the future. And I guess that's what this is. Um, yeah, I see. I see you all smiling, but Night Rider, is how, <laughs> Night Rider, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess this is how most of the people um, think of it. So you've still got that pushback where people find the technology a little bit scary. They find the technology a little bit confusing. Um, and I will say, you know, obviously working with Mark on, uh, well, with some of his UC stuff, it can become quite complicated and quite technical. It's not easy or accessible so i guess over the next couple of years that's probably going to be the one big thing that changes it goes from that b2b part of the market into the consumer market a little bit more it's already there and it's already accessible um but the way that lessons have been taught on teams now the way that hybrid lessons are still happening through schools the way you've got old people that are still going to need to want to talk to their kids that covid hasn't gone away i guess that's probably what we anticipate to see that it's just going to become a little bit more user-friendly idiot proof you think that facebook portal as a big the money that they've got behind them and the advertising that they made captured the the consumer element of it as at the right time to integrate a video or do you think that it was just a big marketing employee to try and get this stuff they, out there they because- made the big step from msn messenger to facebook messenger and i suppose within that circle of like im messaging they're the one that sort of drove that on and, and continued to keep it being relevant as a as a concept, I suppose. So they've got they've got the level of power that they can exert. If they came out with something that was tied into to video calls, they would probably dominate the market just because of the brand. I find myself as somebody that uses video conferencing on a daily basis now, the same as everyone else. I wouldn't put a Facebook portal in my living room. It's not something that I would uh, I want as part of my daily life sitting in my living room. It was. Um, I bet you've necessity. got an Alexa. Um, yeah, I've got Amazon in my house and I, I use it more for music than anything else. It's not sort of a companion to me. We don't we don't sit and have <laughs> heated discussions or chats, but I don't think that uh, I would want to put a Facebook portal in my living room. I'm happy with it from a from a commercial perspective or, or a way of my children learning. But as part of my daily experience to interact with Facebook friends and family put an app on your TV, what if, it, if they integrated it into the sky? Because uh, Sky are obviously doing their own televisions now it's it's that sort of soft around the edges that's how you sneak into markets and make it normalized which means then people can't escape stop building it into things that we use i guess good point andy and tesla have just launched the um the in-cab camera Mm. 
for what purpose yet, you don't know. But once they had the Teams or the Zoom app in your car, now obviously a lot of those entertainment apps turn off while you're traveling. But if you can park at the Zoom dial, then you don't need to balance your, your mobile phone on the steering wheel yeah. or something like that. And other car, car manufacturers might follow. Um, but think back, Cole, to um, the, the start of lockdown. Zoom made every made it free. They yep. took their caps away, didn't they? Yeah. Facebook doesn't matter what Facebook did. Zoom absolutely milked it. Yeah. You look at the vendors in the specialist areas. They were the ones that knew how to take it. You know, and like I said, Facebook with Portal going, even Amazon having you know, video calling on Amazon calls and to your Alexa devices and things like that. They've tried to get into that market a bit successful. You know, everyone's got something there, but I would never go, oh yeah, let's let's video call. Can you Facebook bought me or can you uh, Amazon Alexa me? I'd be jumping on my mobile on WhatsApp, you know? And like you said, and MSN Messenger was the first real collaborative engine that kind of you know i was a kid and using msn messenger and i think back now and i think i didn't realize i was video conferencing back then you know <laughs> i know that i know that's like only a few years ago for you andy but um <laughs> that was, that was, i did look this young you're that, that was my that was my youth um it will take a long time but will will it be too long before we see an amazon or a facebook buy a hardware manufacturer and then start full integration. You know, I'm, I saw, I went into uh, London the other week and I saw my first Amazon Fresh and I looked at it and I was like, I'd love to go in there, but actually I'm, how how are Amazon going to be good at grocery deliveries and things like that? You've got mm. Tesco's, Asda, who've done it for hundreds of years. How can they just jump into this market? And it's probably the best thing since sliced bread. But <laughs> And you're buying sliced bread as well. You know, <laughs> and I'm buying the sliced bread. Um, I feel like you're nicking but, it, but you know, you're, you're definitely buying it. <laughs> how, how long... Is it till they jump in this? Because you know that this will be the next thing for them as the next big propellant of value and share prices. Is it going to be hardware, or are they going to stay in the software services market and continue to partner with brands? Uh, it, it, that's the next stage, Mark. Because we talked earlier about uh, you know, the VC market at the, at the turn of the uh, the millennial. The you know the the, the players pitched our Vitel extra motion media. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can go on and on with those brands, and they've all been consumed. I actually was consumed uh, by uh, short, short, I forget now, but they've all they've all been consumed by someone. They now pretty soon those those uh, telephony type manufacturers will be consumed by the the IT vendors, and then the IT vendors will be consumed by I don't know what's next. We've Amazon's going to consume yeah. them all. Yeah. Yeah, we've all seen Wally, right? The Disney film where there's just yeah. one big mega company that runs everything. So yeah, yeah. That, that, that's Wally, right? Yeah, e- eBay's on its way back. I'm telling you, eBay's <laughs> on its way back. Yeah, and Blockbuster Video, all worth something. Yes. Yes. We've seen the massive. Uh, we've we've talked about it a few times, like the the massive evolution of, of where we're at. I found a several uh, a bit of comfortability in the fact that I had to actually bring my laptop into my living room, plug a camera in when I'm doing the Zoom call or the Google Meet call, whatever it was with family during that time, and the fact that there wasn't instantly accessible video within my living room because there was always a level of concern that someone would dial in and I'd be sitting there in my dressing gown while, you know, <laughs> hi Nan, you know, how are you doing? Yeah. It's a bit bit uncomfortable and I, I had that option and and I guess that will be the same for quite a lot of people. I think there's still got to be some time to convince people. Now it's not a necessity. Now we're not required to only meet in that way that, 
you know, if it carried on, lockdowns had carried on and got a bit longer, we'd have seen, I think, probably more evolution to give us that social interaction. But because we're aware we are at within this this timescales of lockdowns and 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 um, the, the the situation we're in now. It's probably halted that to a before it got to that stage, and 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 I think personally, I think that's a good thing. Um, I like the social interaction. I'm a, I'm an extrovert. I thrive on on social interaction with other people, and and so I'm glad of that. But for some people, it's probably disappointing. They probably wanted more people to have, <laughs> you know, people that were happy sitting in their living rooms wanted more people to have video cameras, so they didn't have to go anywhere, press a button, and call call their neighbor or whatever it might be you didn't pick this career to be at home five days a week no no i don't think anybody did avs for me has always been about the social interaction as much as it's been about anything else yeah Uh, um, meeting new people talking to people understanding sharing ideas uh because there's it's not a finished article as a technology there's so much further to go and i'm not intelligent to be a scientist or biochemist or anything else but uh you know if i can share my opinions about technology that i i find interesting that's that's a pretty good place to be <laughs> yeah yeah i'm with you there so i guess we're coming to the end of the podcast today jason it's been really interesting conversation uh thoroughly enjoyed talking this through with you i think we've really gone from the birth and the start of video conferencing we didn't go as far back as the 1800s. We were talking about that before the podcast <laughs> yeah. and, and, and and the first ever uh, video conferencing systems and you know things that we'd all carefully research. But we've clearly seen huge jumps forward. We've really loved having this discussion today. We really hope you join us again. Um, thank you for coming out of retirement from uh, AV Jam <laughs> <laughs> to join us for a podcast. And uh, I'm sure it will be a welcome, uh, welcome listen for uh, a number of your fans. So uh, r- really appreciate that. Thank you. But as always, we can't end without handing over to uh, the wonderful Mr. Sharp. We've been making baby steps. So those of uh, have been listening to the podcast on a weekly basis. Andy's almost evolved into a quiz. Last week, it was him asking us facts that he knew that we didn't, which is basically the format of a quiz. But Andy, where are we at now? Have we finally migrated to quiz? No, not at all. We've gone back. No, okay, we've gone Absolutely. back. Absolutely. Yeah, of course we have. Yeah. <laughs> I had the piece of paper ready. I had the piece of paper ready. I thought we were having a quiz. Okay. I mean, I can ask these in the form of a question. No, no, you stick, you stick to what you know, buddy. You stick to what you know. <laughs> okay, so I've got lots prepared on 18th century uh, video conferencing. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> probably a few bits in offices all over the place, though, to be honest. Well, exactly, the yeah. Theme-powered um, codec. <laughs> I've worked in a few offices like that, to be honest, so... Um... <laughs> I thought actually it was quite pressing earlier that you gentlemen were all talking about companies that failed because that was where I'm going to go with this. I've got a couple of notable um, companies or industries that have gone down the pan in the last couple of years in, I wouldn't say funny ways, but in interesting and notable ways, right? So the first one's a little bit straight, but the others I'm pretty sure you're going to know. Um, So we'll get straight into it. Number one, we were going to talk a little bit about Xerox. Everybody's familiar with Xerox. They do copiers, printers, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So through the Palo Alto Research Center, they invented the personal computer or at least the working prototype in 1973. This was a time before the concept of the PC existed. So they basically invented the PC 
years before everyone else. Okay. Um, at the time, um, you know, people were still using mainframes and stuff. And, you know, they also, through this research laboratory in Palo Alto, they, they invented the concept of the laser printer, computer graphical interfaces, which will then evolve into graphics cards, um, WYSIWG, which is a text editor, which is basically what Word was invented from. Right. Uh, they invented the concept of the Ethernet. So, you know, just the basic you know, cables that will connect. This is all in the same research center. This is all, all in the in same, the same research laboratory. My goodness. Um, so Steve Jobs, uh, everybody knows Steve Jobs is head of Apple, got a tour of um, the Palo Alto Research Center in 1979. And Xerox told them at the time that they were sitting on all of these inventions because they didn't know what to do with them. Cut to 2000. Xerox go bust because the world had transitioned to email, mostly powered by PCs and the internet, which they had kind of invented and did nothing with. <laughs> that is incredible. And so then they went bust. They've come up with all the ideas, didn't know what to do with it, and then gone under anyway. There's some absolute genius running around in that laboratory for years inventing all this amazing stuff. <laughs> I can't stuff. see it being one bloke or one woman. That's I want to think it's one guy. And they're all like, shut up, Frank. Look at this lady. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares what you think. PC my ass. None of that works. It doesn't make any sense. Get back in your lab. <laughs> it's come out with these blue... I've got an idea. No. We've told you, <laughs> get us a toner cartridge. <laughs> yeah. do 400 pages a minute. <laughs> yeah, they're bad in history is like the guy who didn't sign the Beatles. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. Well, funny you say that, Jason. Number two is Blockbuster. Now, this is yeah. a bit of an urban myth, and most people will know this anyway, but it is worth flagging up that... Blockbuster were offered the chance to buy Netflix when Netflix was still a sign up with us and we'll send you a DVD in the post it was, type operation. Was it love, love film, wasn't it? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, because yeah, I film. remember I yes. had a I'm old enough to have had a prescript a prescription. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm old enough to get Take prescription. Subscription, I believe, is the word I was looking for. But I'm old enough to remember that you would be excited and you'd pick your movie, get them on your list, and they send them at you randomly. Um so they a Blockbuster had the chance to buy Netflix. Turned it down because they thought, oh, that stuff's never gonna go anywhere. A few years later, Blockbuster go bust. So there you go. And then the last uh -huh. one, um, which I suspect, Kyle, 100%, you had a Blackberry when you were younger. Oh, um, yes. Oh, yeah, yes. You just, you you look like the kind of guy that had a Blackberry. I look like a Blackberry user. That's yeah, yeah, you look like you had a Blackberry, yeah. <laughs> Who remembers Blackberry Messenger? How amazing was that? EBM. Yeah, EBM. People, look, this is how it all ties back in, because technically it's a little bit... No, I mean, not, it's, it is, it's contentious at best here, but yeah, we'll carry on with it. Best. How many people, though, say that their BlackBerry was one of their favourite devices still? Oh, yeah. The security oh, reasons. Yeah. yeah. The, the business For business security reasons, there was nothing better. I think everybody yeah. got given a BlackBerry at some point or another because, like, for email, for ease, you had the, the, the QWERTY keyboard, you, yeah. could, you could easily type. Yeah, they just, unfortunately, I guess, well, I'll let you, I won't steal your thunder, Andy, but, you know, you well, tell, well, tell us how they went pop. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> all I was going to say is they absolutely dominated the mobile phone market for about, two to three years. And I feel like everybody had a BlackBerry at, yeah. at one point. Uh, and uh, only last year, they pulled out from making phones entirely. So they did try and pick it up and save it and do a little bit, a few other sort of collaborations with other companies, but it didn't work. And they've now officially stopped selling phones in entirety. I think that might be one of those ones that because they're, I guess their IP and their technologies uh, are, uh, were so useful and so many people will be a bit 
you may see a bit of a resurgence like Nokia, I guess, who have come back and starting to try and get back into the market as people look to dumb down maybe some of the technologies that are using. Um, so I think you might see some of that. But is, yeah, you're right, 100%. We, we, I think we all had a BlackBerry and the ease of use of it was fantastic. That's brilliant, Andy. Thank you so much for those. Really appreciate it. Jason, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Please join us again. Uh, and if you've ever got any more points that we want to uh, talk about, <laughs> reach out to us. Really enjoyed it today. Thank you. You're welcome. Man. I've enjoyed it enough, but not quite enough to start ours again. Great to hear. Um, gents, as always, thank you very much for your time um, and, and joining us again today. Uh, thank you so much to all of our listeners. Uh, we've got some really exciting plans coming up. We've had some fantastic interaction with a number of people. Um, we really appreciate your support. Keep leaving the reviews on all of the podcast platforms keep interacting with us on social media uh, keep telling all your friends about it we really enjoy interacting with as many of you as we can thank you all very much and we'll speak to you all again soon bye-bye yeah.